Belarus dictator Alexander Lukashenko made a state visit to Beijing this week, meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Unsurprisingly, he endorsed China's 12-point plan for a ceasefire in Ukraine. Shortly after Lukashenko departed, Belarusian Nobel Peace Prize laureate Alas Bielaski was sentenced to 10 years prison. From her exile, opposition leader Svetlana Tsikhanovskaya called the sentence simply appalling. She says Alas has dedicated his life to fighting against tyranny and is a true hero of Belarus. Franak Viachorka is the chief political advisor to Svetlana Sikhanovskaya, and I spoke with him earlier in Brussels. And I should note this was before the news about the sentencing of Alas Spielaski broke. We began by discussing the claim made by Lukashenko opponents that they'd mounted a successful drone attack on a Russian spy plane just outside the Belarusian capital of Minsk. Franak Viachorka, hello. Hello. Franak, officials of the Lukashenko regime have denied that there was an incident on Belarusian soil this week. On what basis do you believe that a Russian spy plane was in fact attacked in Belarus? Uh, There is a fact that there were two explosions. Uh, It was conducted by Belarusian partisans. They dropped explosives from drones uh, not far away from the airfield. Of course, uh, Lukashenko's government will be denying, will be looking for the explanation why it happened that the most expensive and rare Russian warplane uh, was damaged. But we already saw the satellite images and it's clearly showing the signs of damage on the wings, on the radar. And the question is, is this uh, airplane able to uh, fly? Uh, The question is, is it repairable? We don't know yet. You used the term partisans earlier. I believe the group that claims it did the drone attack is called BIPOL. What is BIPOL? BIPOL, it's the organization which works under the United Transitional Cabinet, the proto-government structure created by Svetlana Tsikhanovskaya, and the former law enforcement officers who left the regime in 2020 when the revolution had started, they joined BIPOL. And they are managing, coordinating partisan underground activities inside of the country. They sabotaged railways, state institutions. Right now they organize this action with an airplane. But these people who conduct this act, they're like normally regular uh, citizens of Belarus, uh, students, workers, teachers. They are willing to change Belarus to democracy and they don't want Russian troops on our territory. But just to be clear, they're not under the control of Svetlana Tikhanovskaya. They operate independently. Is that correct? They act independently. They propose their activities to BIPOL. BIPOL help them to realize these activities. All of them are non-violent. Uh, we don't harm anyone. No one was hurt so far. The goal is to disrupt equipment, to damage uh, the property of uh, Lukashenko and Putin, uh, and also to inspire Belarusians for a fight. What do we know about the technology that was used in the attack? And what does that say about the capability of those who undertook it? Uh, If we speak about partisan activities, uh, usually they are uh, using technologies that they have. Uh, From what we know, these explosives, these devices that were used for partisan attack against the plane, uh, they were self-made. Of course, uh, sometimes we use data, uh, sometimes partisans uh, uh, use the information or access given by people from the system, from the regime. Um, So this is the um, sort of network of people who want uh, uh, changes, who support the resistance and, uh, um, and they help each other. 
To what extent have the opponents of the regime inside Belarus been able to impede Lukashenko's support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine? Uh, there is almost zero support for Russian invasion to Ukraine. Belarusians don't want Belarusian troops to join this fight. Lukashenko also understands that he is in minority, but he plays this card of uh, Putin's only ally. This is the reason why Lukashenko didn't send, didn't order Belarusian troops to join the war, because people don't want it, army don't want it. And there is this uh, wide movement of partisans supported also by officials, also by military people who are working within the regime, but they also want changes. At the same time, the regime is notoriously repressive. What is the situation for those seeking change in Belarus at the moment? We are living like in Stalin terror, like in Gulag. Every act of sabotage, of disobedience can be punished by years of prison. Slan Tsikhanovskaya is on trial now in absentia. She can be sentenced to 19 years. Her husband was sentenced to 18 years and two years extradited last week. Every day, 15, 20 people are being detained. They are being tortured, raped in prisons. Several people died in prisons. There is the hunt on dissent on, for, for any thought crime. Lukashenko feels very insecure. And he intensifies repressions. If he stops repression, the system can collapse quickly. In terms of the success of the partisans and opposition groups in Belarus, how much progress do you believe has been made towards the prospect of actually removing the Lukashenko regime? I'm sure that he will be removed, he will fall down. Usually such dictatorship, they are falling suddenly like the Soviet Union, like other dictatorship, they seem to be strong until they suddenly collapse. Uh, of course, many things depend on the war in Ukraine. Many things depend on Russia and the ability of Russia to support Lukashenko financially and politically. But also many things depend on Belarusian people and Belarusian officials, nomenklatura. Uh, will they stick with Lukashenko till the end? Will they defect and join Svetlana Tsikhanovskaya? So there are many factors, but we do all possible to abolish this regime. And I'm sure that Belarus will become a free, democratic country. After 2020, uh, the irreversible processes uh, have been launched and uh, neither Putin nor Lukashenko Lukashenko uh, is able to stop them. Mr Lukashenko made a state visit to China this week and met with the Premier Xi Jinping. What, in your view, is the significance of that visit? For Lukashenko, this is the opportunity to legitimise himself because before no one met him except Putin, Russian governors and President of Zimbabwe, and now he made the diplomatic breakthrough for him. He will be trying to uh, get Chinese investment to Belarus, uh, to get Chinese chips and electronics to Belarusian military industry complex. He will be looking for the way to evade Western sanctions, especially with fertilizers. Perhaps he will be trying to sell several Belarusian enterprises. He wants to save his uh, himself, um, uh, but I don't think China has much appetite for helping Lukashenko. Perhaps this is rather a Chinese attempt to play its own game in Russia's Ukrainian war. Yahoo News reported last week that it had obtained details of a Russian plan to annex Belarus in the next decade. Do you think that's a credible report? I don't think, uh, I don't know if these uh, documents that were leaked, uh, that they are uh, authentic, but the plans of Russia to annex Belarus uh, were clear 
even 10 years ago. They started to dominate information space, political space. They started to put their own people on high positions in Belarus. And of course, to control Lukashenko more and more. Uh, Russia doesn't see Belarus, uh, it doesn't see Ukraine as independent countries. It won't to see Ukraine right now, same as Lukashenko's Belarus, fully controlled, uh, following all the orders given from Moscow, but they will not succeed because people of Belarus, uh, same as people of Ukraine, they will never uh, allow it. Uh, and I think European uh, community, the democratic world, must stand firm on this and shouldn't let Russia to swallow neither Belarus nor Ukraine. You're the chief political advisor to Svetlana Tikhanovskaya, and we had the good fortune of speaking with Ms Tikhanovskaya on Sunday Extra last year. Could you tell us what her plans are in 2023 for advancing the cause of democracy in Belarus? Svetlana Tikhanovskaya is working as the president-elect, as the uh, person who won elections but didn't take the office. She united uh, the democratic forces, uh, political groups and parties around herself, and now she works as the part of the democratic and now also pro-independence movement of Belarus. She is meeting foreign leaders. She is gathering different initiatives of Belarus. She is inspiring, energizing people's resistance. Her role is both symbolic but also political one. She is recognized as the president by many parliaments and, and countries. Right now she is in Brussels meeting the leadership of European Commission and, uh, and Belgium. Uh, she is going to the United States by invitation of the uh, American leadership. Uh, she met almost every um, EU uh, leader, president and prime minister. And I think all these contacts she, uh, has, she has developed in the last two years will help us in the process of transition to democracy and also will help in, um, in the future Belarus. Franak Viakocha, thanks so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Thank you. Franak Viakocha is Chief Political Advisor to exiled President-elect of Belarus, Svetlana Tikhanovskaya. And before we move on from that region, a little update after our conversation last week on Sunday Extra with the chairman of Ukrainian Railways, Alexander Kamishin. Uh, you might remember we spoke with Alexander about Rail Force One, the operation that brought US President Amtrak Joe Biden to Kiev by train. And uh, I actually spoke with Alexander about the challenges of integrating uh, Ukraine into Europe's rail networks. Well, this week, Alexander Kamishin announced on Twitter that he's resigned as chairman of Ukrainian Railways and his new job is heading up the new Office of European Integration for Ukrainian Railways in Europe. Getting in touch with ABC RN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.